For playwright Louis Nara, the politics of personal trauma are just as important as the larger wars being fought in the world outside. Set in 1971 at the height of the Vietnam War, Cozy is a comedy of manners set in a mental asylum where a group of patients are coerced into putting on a Mozart opera despite not being able to sing or speak Italian. Hello, I'm Fiona Gruber, and I caught up with Louis Nara to talk about the true-life elements behind his comic tour de force and how the humanity of the play is as important as the humour. Yes, the play is based on real experiences and it is set in Melbourne and out near Plenty, where was a series of three asylums put together, La Rundle, Plenty and Mont Park. And this play, you wrote it in the early 90s, but it's set in 1971. Is that because you were involved in putting on a play in an asylum at that time? Yes, well, what happened was when I was at university, a lot of uh, the fellow students were interested in sexual revolution, revolution. I was much more interested in the human mind, mental illness, because both my grandmothers had ended up in my park mental institution, and my mother... Um, had her demons because she'd shot and killed her father. So I became very interested in what makes somebody mentally ill, what is mental illness. So I decided with a friend of mine, David, that uh, we'd work with mental patients, with the whole idea being that the social worker of the time, a brilliant man, um, said he didn't want the patients to become institutionalised so they had to have ways of coming out back into society and that was very difficult because of the stigma of mental illness. Dave and the character in the play, Roy, suggested uh, trial by jury and I knew nothing about Gilbert Sullivan, nothing at all. And when I first heard it played, uh, I couldn't believe it. I hated it so much. But at the end, one of the greatest experiences of my life was we'd done it. And after the applause, uh, the euphoria was absolutely magnificent because you have to remember asylums are very melancholic places so to actually see everybody so happy was wonderful. But you decided to get rid of Gilbert and Sullivan and to substitute a Mozart opera. What made you decide on Cosi, Cosi Fantuti? I totally love Mozart and I abhor Gilbert and Sullivan and I was very interested that they did something a bit larger than an operetta, that they were going to do an opera and then I thought the opera that people consider the most trivial uh, in Mozart is Cosi Fantute. And I also liked that it. it was about the war of the sexes. And that, that was very interesting to me because in an asylum, especially at that time, there was a rigid um, separation between men and women. Your characters are also the sort of characters that you do find in um, theatre companies, aren't they? One of the things that actually happens over the years is uh, 20 to 30 amateur productions a year in Australia, and I get a lot of letters from the director or producer going, how did you do it, Louis? We definitely have a roof in our company. We have a Doug in our company, and, of course, we've got a damn Roy in our company. And I think I've lucked into kind of a bit sort of the, the stereotypes who do become involved in theatre... And it's as if the actors become the characters and vice versa. And uh, that to me is always very funny. That That's the most common comment. And of course, Mozart was using kind of stock 
comedy characters. So you've created an ensemble within an ensemble, haven't you? One of the things that I attempted to do was use the influence. I was two years in Lighthouse, a state theatre company of South Australia, where we had a company of actors. And the realisation as a playwright that I had to give, as it were, an aria to each actor so they'd be pleased, so there would be no jealousy. And I think that flowed on to Cosy that I gave every character, as it were, an aria and an importance. The audience is like Lewis. They go into this mental asylum and go, oh, my goodness, are we laughing at the patients or are we laughing with them? And gradually they realise as Lewis gets more sucked into their world that we begin to see the, the patients not as patients so much a, as a collection of these um, kind of oddball characters who uh, ordinarily wouldn't get together and do something like this. And how close are you to Lewis? I think that uh, Lewis is much nicer than I am. Uh, I think he's probably gentler, uh, less acerbic, probably allows more things to happen to him to change him than happens to me. And I think that he's probably a bit more naive, though I would have to say that both Lewis and I are very naive, quite rightly, in some of the aliens. <laughs> when you wrote Cosy, it was the second play in an autobiographical series, it turned out. Uh, Summer of the Aliens was the first, and that was Lewis as a young kid. And then recently you wrote the third part of the trilogy. Tell us a little bit about that and how, how it shapes things. Originally, uh, I was going to write the third part about <laughs> 15 years ago. Um, the trouble was that it just concentrated on Lewis. And I realised, in fact, what had to happen, Lewis had to enter another world or be part of the world, say, the, the House Commission world of some of the aliens or this world of the mental institution in Cosy. Um, then in this particular area, I wrote a history of King's Cross and a history of Woolloomooloo. And part of the history of Woolloomooloo is based on this very pub we're now in. Uh, it was built in 1860 and it's in the Housing Commission area and I felt right at home and a lot of the people I mixed with are definitely a bit strange. They're great storytellers and they've all brought different life experiences and I thought, well, that's typical. I've kind of gone for a group of people who I really adore, but they're running parallel to middle-class suburbia. They're never going to be part of it. In the three plays, these people are never going to be part of middle-class suburbia. Not of any romantic thing of mine. It just so happens these are the people that have changed my life. If you had written Cosy today, how have your experiences changed and your attitudes to mental illness and you know how do you think this travels in 2019? Well I would probably write it exactly as how I did it. The only thing that I think is probably a bit difficult for younger people to understand is the importance of asylums in that era and what actually happened it was they brought in a lot of drugs in the late 60s to calm people and so, therefore, it's, it's a very different attitude from One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, say, or Shock Corridor, where the mental patients are screaming all the time and ranting and raving. That wasn't the case. It was because they were taking a lot of drugs to calm them. And so it was much easier to reintroduce them into society. And so a lot of people probably have more a notion of mental health institutes which are much more intense than asylums, which were an oasis. 
beautiful gardens where you could be calm and everything to withdraw from the world. And that's, that's the world of Cosy. Do you have to explain a lot to people today about, say, the Vietnam War and the moratorium? Because this was a massive... Uh, it, it features very strongly in the play, and it was a really big moment in Australian politics when thousands, hundreds of thousands of people marched in Melbourne and in other cities protesting about Australia's involvement in the Vietnam War. But today, younger audiences might not really know much about it. Um, that, that, that's quite possible. I, I mean, maybe one has to put a note in the program. It, it's curious that it's just toured for two years in China and it's just about to be published. Uh, they had no problems about the Vietnam War because they remember the Vietnam War. But to me, the most important thing was that this asylum was an island cut off from what was really happening outside. And what was happening outside was important to those people. But gradually, Lewis, like me, became much more fascinated in what was happening in the mind rather than the violence that was happening outside and the protests that were happening outside. And I thought that was a much more interesting world than all these poseurs and student leaders who want to overthrow the government and they believe their own bullshit. Um, got to remember the most important thing between human beings is power. It's not sex. And one of the things that people want is power over another person when it's in the playground. Same as student leaders. But that kind of thing didn't operate in a um, mental institution because, quite simply, everybody is their own island in a mental institution. But if you're doing a play, the crucial thing about Cosy is this is about the joy of theatre, having a group of dysfunctional people get together, concentrate and produce something that really comes out of their abilities or disabilities and at the end they think they've achieved something wonderful and that is the power of theatre and that's what the show is really about. And Cosy is on between the 30th of April and the 8th of June at Southbank Theatre, The Sumner. Book online at mtc.com.au or phone the box office on 03-86880800. This podcast is part of the MTC Talk series. To listen to more episodes from the series, visit mtc.com.au slash mtctalks or search for MTC Talks in the iTunes Store or on SoundCloud. <laughs>